0: It's time to start living a spiritual AF life. Get cozy. The conversation is starting now.
1: What are you doing this Saturday on 1111? So in case you don't know, 11 is a master number in numerology. And when you see 1111 put together, it actually creates one of the most highest vibrating numbers there are. So oftentimes when people see the number 1111, I always remind them that all the ones are showing you that you are one, you are one with the universe, you're one with everybody. And with that, it also shows you that you shouldn't judge yourself or other people. And a lot of people that are listening to me right now have the problem of judging themselves too harshly. So a lot of times when you see that 1111, it's trying to tell you to ease up a little bit. You're part of the collective, you know, don't be so Hard on yourself, and also remembering that you are part of a greater thing. Like, give yourself a little bit of slack, but then at the same time, understand how powerful you are. And the reason why that I'm bringing up 1111 right now is because our next guest, who I am talking to on today's show, has an event going on. On 1111 this Saturday, and I really feel that there are some of you that really need to join this event, and that is because I have spent probably more time trying to record the introduction to Rachel, who is our guest today, than I ever have and anything else. And I couldn't figure out the reason why that the technology wasn't working. Now, if you know me, if technology isn't working, it is not working for a reason. So that means that something has got to give. And what I realized was in those introductions, I did not mention this event that she has. So I know that it is going to work this time because this needed to be announced to you so Rachel, love her to death. She is my go-to gal. She works with me behind the scenes. I always say that if you have a link that works, then guess what? That is Rachel's doing. So I absolutely love Rachel. She also is a yoga teacher, pranic healer, and also Reiki healer. And she is someone that I often refer to if you are dealing with like chronic pain, if you are dealing with any kind of medical health issues. Because Rachel is a little bit of the I've been there, done that. And she definitely what people are going through when they come to her for those kinds of issues and she just has such yin energy like she can be fun and everything else but her energy is just so compassionate and just so loving and just so very sweet and accepting and all of those things so i definitely encourage you if you haven't to definitely join one of rachel's events and if you can i would join this one so it is online it is on zoom and get this you guys it is 11 11 So that is going to be November 11th, which is Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Okay, so it is for a special event called Manifest Your Goals on Zoom. And whether you're seeing the number 11 or not, we all have the capability to tap into the frequency of the high vibration. So this is the schedule of events. It is going to be centering with this Pramayama, Durga Pramayana. Um, and then manifesting with goal writing, meditating with the eleven eleven gateway, yellow book journaling, and then intuitive guidance readings. And I love how she says here, like, do you know that 11 metaphysical gateway will be open this Saturday, November eleventh? The number eleven has roots in numerology, where every number has its own metaphysical meaning. Eleven is what's known as a massive number, and it carries energy of manifestation, transformation, and new beginnings. Perhaps you've even heard someone say, "It's eleven eleven, make a wish," and that. that. That is 100% true. I teach that all the time. And in the angelic realm, when you see 11 or 1111, the angels are communicating with you, um, letting you know it's time to connect to your intuition. Whether your life is about to change for the better or you're being signaled to take action for a positive outcome, a good transformation is near. And it says there's more power in numbers, literally and figuratively. So let's tap into the 1111 gateway and the higher. We can raise the frequency and vibration, not only to our own life, but the life of others too. And the energy exchange for this, which I absolutely love, is $11. So that is not bad at all. And it gets that energy exchange and it just kind of, you know, raises the vibration of the whole entire event. I love all those 11s, 11s. So I will be putting a link in the show notes so that you can join. But now... I am going to set us up for this conversation that we're going to be having with Rachel, okay? So we're not talking about numerology today. We're actually talking about highly sensitive people and empaths. So now Rachel has been a guest on my show before. Oh my gosh, I think it's been like over a year. And I've also talked about HSPs, which is highly sensitive people and empaths before. But this time we take a little bit of a deeper dive and Rachel really brings us some tips and strategies that I've never even heard of that will Really help out you or somebody you know who is really suffering from some of these things. And as we go about the conversation, you're going to hear too that I. I'm noticing some people around me that actually are HSPs. And some of these tips and things like that, that she gives us, I'm like, oh my gosh, that would make so much sense. So definitely keep in mind these are little things you could do. But then there's also things that you could do for maybe a little Christmas present or something too. So I think that they're absolutely going to love them. I think you're going to love this episode too, because it's just going to open up your eyes to the different ways that people are affected by their environment, whether they're an HSP or an empath, you know, other kind of sensitive. so it's definitely an interesting conversation, and we're going to get to it right now. Rachel, I just have to tell you, I think that this conversation about HSPs is coming up at the most perfect time for so many of us. But the very first question that I want to ask you about this is why? Like, Why do you feel called or why do you feel passionate about talking about HSPs? And then also maybe give us a quick breakdown, too, on what it is. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, Heather,
0: for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm glad to be back. Yes. (laughs) So HSPs. (laughs) Uh, So I'm I'm pretty passionate about the subject because it's been a part of my life since I was a child and I'm 40 years old now. Um, And I spent a lot of time learning about HSPs, highly sensitive people. And I feel like it's important to share what I've learned, my experience with others, hopefully to create some positive change. Um, HSPs make up 15 to 20% of the population. So I think by talking about this, we can really raise and empower others who identify this way to truly thrive in their daily lives. Because I do believe that highly sensitive people have a superpower.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. Now what is their superpower? Can you tell us like right off the bat? Is it their sensitivity? Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. gosh, I'm so psychic. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. You are very psychic. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just kind of curious though, why you would think that it's a superpower? Because I know there's so many people listening that are like, it is not, it is a curse. We'll probably get into that
0: a little bit more, um, okay. but right out the gate, I can say that um, that sensitivity um, it sets us apart. Um it it we experience the world in a different way, in a way that's deeper, perhaps more meaningful. Um, we're often more creative, more intuitive, more empathic. Um, so yes. those gifts, oh my hands are
1: tingling as I say that. I so like <laughs> Okay. I know we just totally just took the plunge. Like there was no like getting into this conversation. It's like, we just took a complete deep dive, but you know how I am. And so let's just back up a little bit because you brought up so many good points already with the HSP, you said are very empathic. And so, you know, do you think that there's a lot of similarities between HSPs and empaths or or are they different?
0: Um, there's some similarities. They are different, um, and I'm really glad you asked this question. So a good place to start is just sharing a brief history and background on Hsp. Um, so it was a term created by a psychologist, uh, Dr. Elaine Aaron, 1996. Um, it's considered a normal, healthy personality trait. Yay! And um, you know, we who are highly sensitive, um, this trait is known as sensory processing sensitivity. So it means we have that increased sensitivity to sensory information in our our environment. We're more aware of things that stimulate or trigger our senses, sounds, smells, temperature, pain, movement, the emotions of others. And we process these things more deeply. We're often more reflective. We take longer to make decisions, but we also tend to have this very rich inner life. We're more self-aware, creative, intuitive, insightful. An empath, on the other hand, is highly attuned to the feelings or emotions of others around them. So while HSPs are typically introverted, empaths can be introverted or extroverted. And empaths do share a highly sensitive person's love of nature and quiet environments and their desire to help others. But empaths take their experience of a highly sensitive person much further because we can sense the subtle energy called prana, Which allows us to experience the energy around us, including the emotions and even absorbing physical sensations of others. So, some empaths have connections with the spiritual world, uh, like some of the people listening, and perhaps you and I, which is not typically associated with being an HSP, Um, but you can be both. And many HSPs are also empaths.
1: Oh, I love this so much. And thank you so much for like, going into so much detail, because I think that it offers a lot of clarity. Now, can you give, I'm sorry, um, maybe you can answer this, but like, can you give an example of something that an HSP would experience? Like, is it their environment? Yes. It's,
0: um, it's going to be different for each person, but I can speak from from my experience. Um, so while I'm not an expert in the subject, just my lived experience, um a lot of it for me is related to senses. So Heather, I believe you and I both identify as empathic. Um, I'm not sure if you identify as HSP. Maybe we'll see at the end of the I episode know if what you, you tell you. Yes. <laughs> um, but for me, um, the sensory, my sensory environment um is uh it can affect me a lot. So um flashing lights, loud noises, um, even scents or smells in the room, perfume, cologne, these things all um can trigger my nervous system to become activated and unsettled. That's not necessarily the case with an empath. It might be, but empaths are more so just picking up on the feelings and emotions of themselves and those around them, or maybe some of the energy in the room. But that excess stimuli is not necessarily um, coming into their empath self, if you will, um, and affecting them in that way
1: oh my gosh, no, it totally makes complete sense because I believe that like my husband now, like, now since you're talking, I feel like he would be more of an HSP because he's extremely sensitive to the things going on around him that are physically there. You know, like the flashing lights, loud noises, even subtle noises, things like that. He's very aware when people move very quickly or, or you know, just weird things like that. Whereas opposed to me, I'm more of, oh my God, like, did you get the vibe from that person? Like, you don't feel that vibe. Like, oh my gosh, like, do you feel this? No, 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 no. Like, like you don't feel that. Like, it feels like this place is haunted. Like, you don't know that that person is like, I get this bad vibe. Like he's a player and he's like cheating on his girlfriend or whatever it is, you know, but my husband doesn't have that, but he totally has like that sensory sensitivity. So does that make sense as I bring up some of these examples?
0: Oh, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. So it seems like You're the empath in the relationship, and he's the HSP. Um, For me, I experience both worlds at the same time, Mm -hmm. and that can be a lot, but that's okay because I figured out how I can thrive, and I can't wait to share that with you.
1: Oh, yes, yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. Are we there yet? Are we there about the thriving? Because I do know that a couple of people that were talking to me recently they were saying about how much that their children are really like opening up to like the spiritual world are very sensitive. Some of them even watch coffee and cards. So shout out to them if they're listening right now. Um, and so do you think that HSP and MPAS relate the same way that we just talked about to children? Oh, for sure. Um, and
0: which is a really great question. So I've been an HSP child and it was hard for me. Like no one understood me they labeled me as really shy too quiet it was hard for me to make friends and i was taking in so much energy and sensory input from the world around me it was leaving me depleted confused i was wasn't feeling safe so now i've been blessed to work with children a little bit more of the past couple of years in my energy healing practice and what i've noticed is the same tips apply especially like giving your child grace so you'll find that empathic children HSP children are often deeply empathetic. They might be good at reading others. They're highly observant. They're thoughtful, but they also take more time to think and process because they feel things more deeply and they can become overstimulated by their environments or even having a busy schedule. So if you identify as an HSP, then be there for your child in the way you wish that your parents and caregivers would have been there for you. Oh I, know, I know. I <laughs> know.
1: But for those
0: parents and caregivers who don't identify as HSP, that's okay too. Like maybe you choose to listen to this podcast again from the perspective of a child or the children in your life. And just considering how can you help support them knowing that their sensory input is different than yours? How can you create a safe space for them to feel validated? And if the listeners have not heard of um, a woman named Dr. Becky Kennedy, check her out. She's a parenting expert that works with the IFS model, internal family systems, and she helps parents and caregivers create healthy relationships with their children. She posts uh, helpful tips on social media every day, and she uses examples from her own life with her own kids.
1: Oh, and that's what I love is that, I, ha- I don't know her, but just hearing you talk about her and saying that she's using her own examples with her own children. I think that speaks volumes. Cause I know that you had already said, well, I'm not an expert on this. You know, you're like, I just know like my experience. And I think that that speaks volumes. Cause I would rather come to someone like you, you know, to learn more about HSPs and past sensitivities with myself or my child than I would any psychologist who's only studied it, but has not yet experienced it. Like. I (laughs) think that's, there's something different about,
0: yeah, definitely something different about just having lived experience. And I think both have value, both have merit research and Mm -hmm. lived experience. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we all just want to feel seen, safe, supported. So just
1: considering how you can show up for children or other adults in your life in that way. Yes. And I'm trying to think of like my own example. Let me know if you have one from like yours, you know, or maybe even your upbringing that, you know, you remember being sensitive in that moment and maybe giving us an example of how you probably wished that they would have handled it differently or or Mm -hmm. anybody. Does one come to your mind? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Would you mind sharing with us? Sure.
0: Sure. So, um, um i'm thinking of just like any time that my parents would want to have people over and it could be people in our family and what a beautiful thing to spend time with people in our family and community like that's a wonderful thing but for me it was a disruption to my daily routine and i didn't know why i was just like oh no like there's people coming over, you know, I'm a kid, I'm seven, eight, nine years old. I just felt really uneasy and uncomfortable about it all, but I didn't understand why. And um, I do now, I mean, a lot of it was feeling like I wasn't sure if I could be completely myself, if they would understand me, I had to, you know, put on a mask, be someone else, or or just be the person um, that they wanted me to be just in terms of people pleasing. And it wasn't um, that they were asking any of this. It was just me feeling the energy around me, knowing something was going to be different, knowing there was going to be more voices around Mm me. And and even that input from sound and that input from personality and the input from energy and how do I manage it all? And no one really understood that, nor did I even know to talk about it. Um, But I know now, and I know how to manage that now. And I know how to make it work to my benefit.
1: And I feel like that tip too is like going to help me out with my husband because I can see the same thing going on with him where it's like he, like he would appreciate a notice. Like if I, if my son just shops by, you know, just like out of the blue, just for a minute to pick up his mail, it's like all of a sudden he's like, oh my God, I didn't know he was coming over here. Like, oh my, and it's not that he wants the house clean or anything. It's that he needed like mentally prepare for a child who has been living with us, you know, like my child (laughs) for all these years. But since it's no longer the norm. It's almost like it, it just completely messes him up. So that sounds kind of like what you experience. experience. Yeah,
0: very similar. It's just something that happens outside of the routine um, that you, that's unexpected, that you didn't have the opportunity to plan or prepare for. And some people who might not relate to that are be like, what do you have to plan or prepare for? Like, you know, someone's just showing up, but HSPs, it's a little bit different.
1: <laughs> wow. And you know what? It's coming up for me and I wonder if it's coming up for anybody else that's listening and I feel like I just want to you know talk about this because I feel that spirit's leading me to talk about it but I really don't feel that in tuned with the things that are around me you know kind of like the sensor sensitivity kind of like the HSP I don't really feel like I feel that and my husband feels it on an extraordinary level just like you And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, am I not that way? Because I know that I'm safe because he's that way. But then as I start thinking about my own examples, I think back on my childhood and I think I might've pushed that away because I had such a you know, rough um, childhood and growing up in rough environments and unpredictable environments to where I feel like if I would have been sensitive to that, it would have like killed me, you know, because like there was always strangers in the house. There was always chaos. It was always that way. And I feel with being an empath, it was almost like I had to choose one or the other. And I think that I felt that the empath side of me really won because at least that was, um, I think it was emotional, you know, and I feel like I was more in tune with emotions than opposed to things going around. So I thought that was really interesting because I wonder if anybody else that's listening, um, is relating to that. It's like, okay, it's way too crazy, I, I can't even handle this, I'm blocking it.
0: <laughs> but yeah.
1: does that make sense in my weird, quirky way? No, I, I can relate to that also, just you
0: know, speaking from my own experience, I've just observed that. When um we don't feel safe in settings, we often shut down. So I shut down a lot. That's why I was quiet. That's why I wasn't talking. I was listening. I was hearing everything. I was absorbing all the information, but I didn't feel safe to share. I didn't feel safe to um tune in to anything else. So I
1: just got quiet. Oh, my gosh, Oh, my gosh. And I okay, okay. that's is so good. So we talked a little bit about that now, do you have any advice of like i guess coming out of like this darkness that we're in you know we're like noticing it the um the wheels are rolling inside of our brain we're like yeah maybe i really am hsp or maybe i have blocked that side you know do you have anything that you would want to say about how we can really go on to being thriving as opposed to just like surviving and just being like oh my gosh like because this will help me out with my husband too
0: yeah, absolutely. So, um well, first of all, anyone that does feel they identify with being a highly sensitive person, congratulations. Like you have this amazing superpower. And I just hope that Heather and I having this conversation, I hope that you feel validated, seen, and supported by this. Um and the number one tip I can give is to give yourself grace. So, um with my background in yoga, the yoga tradition teaches us that we are whole and perfect just as we are. So, just knowing you are enough without making any additional changes. Um And then I I can get on to get move forward into some practical tips here. Um, So tip number one would be to soothe your senses. So as you are presented with environments where your senses might be heightened, think about what you could do to prepare. So if you're going to be around a lot of loud noises at the movies or a concert or loud environments, bring some earplugs with you. They even have decibel lowering earplugs. You can get them at different volumes. Um, if you're going to be around a lot of bright and flashing lights and you know that's going to be too sensitive for your eyes you can bring sunglasses indoor light dipping glasses or even a trick that i use sometimes um, when i'm unexpectedly in a lot of light is i just look down i shift my gaze down to where it's a little bit darker a little bit more towards the ground uh smells this is one of my favorite ones smells um i'm so so sensitive to smells i don't know why but I always carry peppermint oil with me. It's my favorite essential oil. Mm. It makes me feel grounded and safe. Um, so maybe if there's an essential oil or a different scent that you know someone likes, could be lavender, you know, something different, more calming. Bring that with you. Have it available. Uh, it's going to help to kind of. Um, balance your nervous system and then taste. So we might have a bad taste in our mouth, that that can be triggering to us. We might feel, uh, we might you know eat something that we don't like, mints, gum, throat drops, just bring something to be prepared for that. Um, and then if you're not, you didn't bring anything with you, no problem, just use the power of pause. Place a hand on your heart, hand on your belly, close your eyes, soften your gaze, and just tune into your breath. Feel that breath in the belly, in the heart, Just noticing, feeling, and coming back to your body here. So that's a
1: little bit about, yeah, soothing the senses. How does that feel to you, Heather? I already love
0: it. I yeah. already love
1: it too. And it was so funny. As soon as, first off, grace, number one, I love that. I totally love that because we're always too hard on ourselves. We're always trying to change ourselves. We're always wishing like, oh, I wish I wasn't so sensitive. Like, I don't know about you, but I grew up knowing it, being known as a cry baby. And then I've always admired people who, who didn't cry. I was like, I want to be one of those that I remember being like, I'm not going to be a crier. Like, it's going to be years and no one's going to see me cry. And I started listening to Metallica and everything. I was like, yeah. Like, I'm going to be so mean that that's me. Um, And it's not. So I love that you're saying that like this is like a superpower and you should give yourself grace because you are exactly how you are supposed to be. Like, I'm a crier. Like, are you a crier? I'm just scary. Are you? Like, oh, as- yes. I cry see? at commercials. I cry for happy and sad things yes. <laughs> all the time. And it's like, you can spend all that energy going ahead and fighting who you truly are, or you can freaking just accept it. I'm a sensitive person. Go ahead, call, call me a crybaby. Call me all that stuff. I don't care. And it seems like once you accept it, it's like other people did. And then it's almost like, they don't call me a crybaby anymore, even though it's like, Heather, are you really crying? He's like, yes, I am. Okay, I'm just emotional right now. Like my poor husband. <laughs> um. So I absolutely love that. I love seeing it as a superpower because it can lead into other things. And that also means you're unique. Even though 15 to 20%, is high in a way it's not because it's like other people are not noticing a lot of things that you are noticing and that's like really cool it's like you know so i guess if you have a child too, be like hey you can do this when as some of your friends may not even be noticing it but you see it <laughs> i think that that's would be a your lot superpower of yep yes. exactly yes it's like <laughs> hey you got this and then you start going into almost like, uh, how to help out your superpower. So like Superman, you know, Batman, whatever, it's like, they have certain rules that they have to follow too. You know, I bet that, you know, Superman ain't flying all throughout the day, like all over the country and things like that. Like, or oh, maybe he is, but I feel like he stays in the same city, but it's like, he probably has rules too, you know? Um, and things that help him out. And I love the earplugs. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh my God, my husband's constantly talking about how he wished that he would have brought earplugs when we go anywhere. And I am like, what are you talking about? It's not even that loud. I'm like, you have sensitive little baby ears. Like here I am <laughs> making fun of him for his sensitivity. So I guess I have to watch that. But the same thing, he has to have sunglasses on him at all times. I swear to God, like he will freak out. He will buy sunglasses. And it's not even just because of the sun. Too. You too? Yeah. Yes. See? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. And like the peppermint oil. And then it was so funny because I was thinking lavender, 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 and you're like, or like yeah. lavender. And I'm like, yes. And then um, the taste and what I love about all these ones, and because then you ended with our, you know, the pause, it's like bringing yourself back to your body. It's about, you know, bringing yourself back to your senses. It's almost like a calming thing too, being like, Hey, your body, you're okay. <laughs> like you're all right. Like akuna Matata. So absolutely, absolutely love that so i have some good questions for you i hope you're okay with that oh do yeah have, do you have anything that you think let's start off with what you should never do as hsp like do you, does anything come to your mind that you should never do like
0: oh yeah so put other people first or people please so think of the metaphor about how you want to put on your own oxygen mask before you can help others and this is hard it's hard for me especially i'm a deeply caring Empathetic person. I put others' needs ahead of my own often, but I'm learning. I'm learning to check in with myself. I'm learning to check in with my needs more often. And I honestly do see it makes a big difference when I can show up as my whole self for those around me.
1: Oh my gosh, yes, because you're not so depleted. You don't have as much energy. I was exact same way. And I would always put everybody ahead of everything, saying yes to everything. And, you know, I still have learning to do in that area, but. I can't believe that I even survived as long as I did focusing so much on others and nothing on yourself. And what you're saying, I think is a lot of people have heard this before and, you know, like they have heard it before, but it's like, it's no, it's really, really true. So for someone like you, who's actually went through it a little bit and is still going through it. um, Do you have anything, any kind of piece of advice on like a first step that they could do to really put themselves first? Like, does anything come up for you?
0: Um, Yes. When you start to notice you're feeling overstimulated or overwhelmed, check in with yourself. Maybe it is that heart hold hand on belly, hand on heart, or maybe you just check in with your breath. And this is a little bit of an IFS exercise. um, And it's just checking in and saying, okay, body, like, what do you need from me right now? And then listen, listen for that answer. And then see if you can provide that. Sometimes it's just acknowledgement. You know, you just need that acknowledgement. Like I see you, I see that you're feeling Um, overwhelmed. I see that you're feeling stressed. I see that you're feeling fearful and just reminding your body and yourself, I'm here for you. Like I'm here to support you. And we're
1: in this together. Oh my. Okay. I know what's going to happen. People just listen to that right now and they're not going to do it. And I feel like they need to do it. So I feel like you, me, and if you are listening, everybody, we're going to do this now. So we're going to put, you know, it doesn't matter what hand on our chest. Nope. Doesn't matter. All
0: right. One hand on your chest, one hand on your belly, your navel area. You can soften your gaze or close your eyes here, your choice. And just start breathing, breathing into your belly. Notice how it expands as you breathe in and how it deflates as you breathe out. And then bring your breath up to your rib cage, up to your heart center, up to your throat. And then release it back down. And see if you can breathe in a little more fully. And then breathe out a little more completely. Let's do this for the next three cycles of breath. Now tune in. Becoming aware of your mind's eye. Space between your eyebrows. And ask yourself, what do you need from me right now? Notice what comes up for you. Is it a word? A shape? A color? Something else? See you can offer that to yourself here. And when that feels complete to you, flutter your eyes open, release your hands back to your lap, maybe invite a smile check in see if you feel better calmer more aware
1: oh i think i feel so much calmer i think that anytime that i do something that that's like that that brings me back to my body back to the present moment it just instantly grounds me because i feel like i'm always ungrounded um i kind of like being ungrounded but then as soon as i get a little bit of that grounding feeling and coming back to myself it feels so good um and i get so much insight so I'm going to share um, what came up for me and what came up for me is number one, I'm very tired um, and my body felt very emotional as well. Almost like, okay, we got to We got to it. It's time for our monthly cry or something. Okay. Like we just got to let some emotions out. I don't know what emotions they are, but it's almost like you got to get some of these emotions out. It could be anger, frustration, disappointment, whatever it is. I don't really know what it is probably because I've been so busy. I just, you know, push those emotions off, but they're like, no, even if you go in the shower and do it, even if you go outside and scream for a second, just make sure that, you know, no one's going to call the police and knows that you're okay. Um, And then the other thing too is my neck and my shoulder are really hurting me. And I didn't really notice that before we did that. So I definitely feel like a a massage is needed, a chiropractor appointment. And so I loved that. Thank you for doing that for us. Yeah, of course.
0: I incorporate that often in the yoga classes I teach. It's like a blend of um, somatic work and IFS
1: together. Oh, see, I, this is so perfect. And it took like, what, three seconds? You could even done it while you were driving. Just use the one hand, one hand on the steering wheel. Yeah, or, keep your eyes open. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So you can modify it to fit yourself, um, to fit your busy schedule. It's like, you could do this anytime, getting ready in the morning, in the shower, you know, all those things. Like, I, I love I love so many people are like, well, I just don't have time. And it's like, we're not asking you to sit down for a meditate for 20 minutes. We're asking right. you just to do that, just to help out yourself. And that's one of the things that, you're saying that will really help us out. And I feel like in the 30 seconds or whatever it was, it really did. So, cause I was going to ask you what, you know, what is something that an HSP should always do? Is that it? Or did you have another, um, another recommendation?
0: Ooh, that's a good one. I'll make that number two. <laughs>
1: Ooh, okay. I love it. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, definitely. If you can,
0: if you have the, the time and space available for that 30 second, one minute check-in. Um, the other thing I would recommend is to plan ahead just as much as possible. Try to anticipate your day, the environments you're going to be walking into, and see what you can do to reduce feeling overwhelmed or overstimulated. And when you do this, you can show up with HSP as your superpower.
1: Something, uh, something else just came into my, into my mind, and I have to ask, are you a morning person or does it take you a long time to wake up?
0: Hmm. Once I'm up. I'm up and functioning, I get the most done in the morning or done after I wake up. Um, As the nighttime comes into play and the darkness comes into play, uh, my brain starts to shut down and I uh,
1: am not as clear-headed. When you wake up in the morning, um, is it hard for you to um, have that stimuli? Like lights, do they bother you in the morning and things like that? Yes. 110%. Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm constantly, yeah. Constantly like, please don't turn the light on. Like wait till I walk out of the room. Um, you know, it takes a minute to adjust for my body to eat and, um, definitely no sounds. Like if there's a sound, um, there's music playing or a video or something. I'm very, very jumpy. Very, very startled. <laughs> takes me a I, while to come back from the, the dream world, the spiritual world back into our world here.
1: <laughs> I want, if you're listening right now, just to think if you have somebody that reminds you of Rachel right now, because this is a spitting image of my husband. And <laughs> I feel like it's now I am realizing, okay, I think it's coming from his HSP because like in the morning oh my dear word it's like he has to have every light off in the house like we're sitting there on our computers in complete freaking darkness he even got blackout shades for the freaking living room because like there's too much light coming in and at 7 a.m and I am the complete polar opposite I'm like bring on the light bring on I go into even my bathroom and he's unscrewing all my light bulbs because like he went in there and the light was too bright in the morning and stuff like that so we have to go around at like noon screwing back in all of our freaking light bulbs and I am like oh my god but now I think I'm understanding him a little bit more. It's probably that HSP in him.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're probably coming up with some ways that you can help plan ahead for him. Ways that you can help support him. Kind of like we talked yeah. about supporting Give him child. sunglasses. Supporting your partner.
1: Yes. <laughs> give sunglasses as soon as he wakes up. Cause I want some sunshine. No I'm kidding. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's what came up for me. It's like I'm gonna give him some sunglasses, and then he don't have to like he can just wear sunglasses around the house. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, but I'm kidding. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Oh no, you're good. Yeah, cause I'm like, do you know what it's like to have to be in complete darkness until like nine? <laughs> Actually, I'd imagine that'd be
0: very hard for you. Yeah. I can, ice as long as I slowly let the light in, I'm okay with that. That's, that's just how as soon is. as I wake up. Yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm actually, I'm better with natural light coming in from the window and the sun than I would be if a lamp was turned on. Okay. Yeah, but we're all a little different. We all have, you know, different sensitivities. Um, yeah, it's just because, yeah. and I don't know if I touched on this yet, but um, it's just because um, HSPs, it's more of like the brain and the sensory input it's just different. Like the information and the sensory input comes in differently than it would for a non-HSP. So as soon as we learn how to work with that and partner with that and give ourselves grace, then we can thrive moving forward.
1: I love this because I'm learning so much and I just like pictured instead of turning on a light or whatever, you know, just going ahead and like opening up the curtain. I kind of see my husband as a vampire in that way. <laughs> like almost like, like, ah, I got the light, but I think that's something to, um, to worth, um, try. And then also you keep on saying, give grace to yourself as an HSP, mm-hmm. but as someone who maybe I don't really at this moment recognize myself as an HSP, I'm really going to give those people around me who I feel have this grace as well. You know, because it's not their fault, just like, it's not my fault that I'm an empath, you know, it's not like I asked this way. So it's like, I shouldn't be punished for it. Just like my husband should be punished that he's an HSP. You know, Mm -hmm. he accepts me and my empathic, you know, my empathness, you know, and my weirdness. And so this is like one of his quirks, you know, and I love how you gave us some tips and things like that to help him. So these would make great stocking stuffers, peeps. Okay. Like Christmas is coming around the corner and my husband's going to get some earplugs, some sunglasses, some essential oil, definitely get some mints. And then I'm going to teach him the pause thing. He probably won't do that, but we'll try. (laughs) Okay. This is fantastic. I think you just created the idea of an HSP kit. (laughs) We should, we'll put it together. We'll, you know, we could throw it up on Etsy. We'll sell it, see how it goes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That would be perfect. That is all you girlfriend. Oh my gosh. So do you think that there's anything else? Like let's say there's someone that's listening that's like, okay, I love this. This is so resonating with me or somebody that I know. Do you have you found and like cause I feel like you've researched this and stuff like that? Anything that would help them any kind of resources or books? I think that you mentioned someone in the beginning of the podcast, the Kennedy lady. Yeah.
0: Uh, I did. Yeah. So there are many, um, there's many different resources. Like if you're a reader, there's several books on HSP, if that's something you want to check out from the library or, you know, purchase the book. Um, I'm actually going to share a PDF with you, Heather, to share with the readers in the show notes. Um, I created a guide um, called From Surviving to Thriving, Five Tips and Strategies oh. for HSPs. Um, And I would um, recommend a few other things. So looking into IFS, internal family systems for yourself or a loved one. Um, I am connected with an IFS therapist myself. I found it very Mm. beneficial. Um, And then try practicing things like yoga, somatic movement, guided meditation, tapping, breathwork exercises. And you can look all that stuff up for free online. Um, It's available to you. And then I had mentioned Dr. Becky Kennedy and her website is called goodinside.com. She follows that philosophy of that yogic philosophy of we are already good enough. So goodinside.com would be her site. Um, But those are just um, a few of many resources to
1: look into this a little bit further. I love those resources too. And the one that's really standing out to me because I feel like if you listen to this and you heard those resources, if one of them really stood out to you, then that is going to be one that you, you know, your soul recognizes as one that could help you. So if it was the book, that's great. If it's, you know, Dr. Kennedy, that there you go. Um, But for me, it was the therapist. And I love how you said that either specializes recognizes knows about HSP um, because somebody who's, you know, been in and out of therapy a lot, you know um, it's very important to have a, a therapist that, resonates with that and understands you a little bit more just because remember you're only one of the 15 to 20 percent you know so it's really good to have somebody that has studied it recognizes it or has their own experience so i think that's my big takeaway here um also i just want to say thank you so much for that guide oh yeah my pleasure I am so excited. So yes, I will definitely have it um, linked in the show notes right there for you guys to pick up. I definitely recommend it, and even for yourself, like we said, some of the children too that maybe you're around, and even if it's just going to be like a niece or a nephew that has went through a lot, or you know that you feel um, is going through this, then maybe even you know some of those tips and things like that you could help them out with, you know, because like you said, yeah. you were like, hey you know, be that person that you wished, you know, that you would have had if you had that you would have have had. Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh.
0: I did want to touch on a little bit more of like how to thrive as an HSP. Please. Yes. Um, So you kind of talked about a little bit, it involves um, a little bit more self-care and preparation than the average person. Um, But this is a gift that you can give yourself. So we live in this busy world. It can be overstimulating and just taking that time to take better care of ourselves is a beautiful gift. So thriving can look like what we talked about, figuring out how to help soothe your senses. So we don't want to get rid of anything. We want to welcome it, Mm -hmm. but we also want to work with it. So how do we soothe our senses? What does that look like? How do we listen to our body? Um, Feeling our feelings. That's something that we haven't talked about yet. So just making sure that when we're feeling anything from joy to sadness, that we let that kind of run its course through us. Taking the time out you need to process. So HSPs often need to rest more. So by resting more, even sleeping more, you're going to be able to show up better as your whole self. And then just embracing your inner light, recognizing your strengths. So HSPs are incredibly creative, compassionate, intuit, intuitive, and empathetic. And there are some very successful people um, that are HSPs. So Elton John, uh, Brene Brown, Glennon Doyle, MLK, Alanis Morissette, Steve Martin. So these are celebrities or people who are thriving in their environments.
1: Wow. Wow. And there was something that I felt spirit wanted me to talk about, but I didn't see an in to bring it up. And then what you had just said, that was my in. So I love how you were like, whoa, we need to talk about this before, you know, we end this conversation and things like that. And I'm going to tell you what it is. I woke up like very, very sensitive. Um, to like the energies and things like that not too long ago and i was hyper aware of everything around me and it might have been a little bit of the hsp that we're talking about because it was like Um, the vent and the way that the air came through the vent, it reminded me of my past. And I was brought back to like houses that I lived in, but I was so scared to go down that path because I was afraid that if I thought about it, that it might bring up trauma or it might bring up memories that I forgotten about. And I was like, dude, I don't want to go down that road. So I kept on fighting it. But then as I was even walking around my house, little things like a knock or something like out of nowhere would just, I would go back as a child. And I was so, so tense, you know, hearing that same familiar knock and I was like no I don't want to go there I don't want to go there I don't want to go there so then finally I went to bed that night and I remember thinking like okay now I can't stop it from taking me back to these memories you know so I was like fine then and I just surrendered to it and so when those feelings started coming back up when I felt myself going back to the past into these memories I was like okay What do you have to say? Like, here, tell me, tell me, I'm all yours now. If we need to, you know, cry the whole night, if we need to do whatever, I am here, just do it. I swear to God, after I did that, after I said, okay, fine, then I got brought back that memory really, really quick. I felt all of it and it disappeared. And at the Mm -hmm. same time that all those feelings disappeared, a little cord in the back of my neck seemed like it was cut. And in that moment, I was like, is this what they talk about with cord cutting? So then all of a sudden, another rush, something else happened. And I was like, okay, I'm going to feel it. You know, I I allowed myself to feel that fear. I allowed myself to feel that scared. And I remembered being in bed, scared, you know, praying, being like, please let me make it through this night. You know, I'm so scared. And as soon as I just allowed myself to feel it, I didn't didn't relive any pain. I didn't like all of a sudden remember anything weird. It was nothing like that. I was just like, okay, I'm going to allow myself to feel it. Bam, another chord. And then I was like, okay, this is freaking awesome. Like my neck is feeling so much better. So then I was like, okay, do you got another one? <laughs> and then I fell asleep going ahead and feeling it and being like, bam, another cord cut. And I was like, wow. When they say the cut, the cords and stuff like that. And as a yoga teacher, I, I bet this is like all resonating, making sense with you, because it's like, we talk about this all the time, but it's like very few of us actually can feel that cord being cut and I could feel it. And I was like, this is better than any chiropractor or massage. I was like, this is awesome. And all I had to do was feel those feelings, but I had to get present enough and almost like sensitive enough to know that these were occurring. Hope that makes sense. Does that make sense to you in your oh yeah, That's,
0: that's, I just love it. It's just a really, it's a really deep and meaningful, um, experience that you had, uh, not common. Um, so I love that you had that experience. Um, And yeah, not everyone can feel energetic cords being cut, but the fact that you did and you, something else I noticed that you said you did, you waited until you were in a safe space. I think that's important too. You said, you know what? I'm finally in bed. I'm about to go to sleep. I feel safe in my bed. I feel safe in my room. And then you surrendered. And that's another thing we do in yoga. We surrender. And once you surrendered... And you just let those feelings flow through you and you let the energy move through you. Then the energy healing, the subtle energy bodies came in and those cords were cut and you released that. And that's the gift you gave yourself.
1: And you have no idea how accurate you are because one thing that I did do, and I didn't tell you this, but I actually fell asleep in my husband's arms that night. So I was in his arms and usually we don't because he's too hot. And I am like, you know, like my jaw hurts when I lay on you, but I was laying on his chest that he had, you know, he was holding me and I feel like my husband is the most safest space for me. So that makes 1 zillion percent uh, sense. So I feel like if this is something that someone else needs to do, then definitely finding whatever that safe space is for you. And you might not even know it's the safe space because I had no idea that I felt, well, maybe I didn't know how safe I felt around him, but not in that moment. Um, and thank you for that. Oh my gosh. Like, I'm so happy that we had this conversation and I just had to say, and I think that you would agree with this. though. even though I could feel the cords being cut and that's kind of like a rarity, you, do you still think that people can have their cords cut and still offer that relief, even though they might not even feel it happening? Oh yeah. You don't have to feel it happening. You could work with an energy healer, a
0: pranic healer, a Reiki practitioner, someone else, um, that can cut the cords. You can even pray, ask your angels, guides, past loved ones, if there's any cords. Um, And so cords can be cut, they can also come back. It just depends on if we're really truly ready to release that. And another um, option, if cord cutting doesn't resonate with you, is you can ask spirit to transmute that energy back to love.
1: Mm. Yes, I love that. And can you also ask spirit to maybe make the sensory sensitivity a little less strong? Like, have you tried that? Or do you think that would work? So glad you brought this up. Yes.
0: So um, I would suggest at, yes, definitely like a prayer protection, especially when you're going certain places where, you know, your senses are going to be stimulated. Also, you can create an energetic shield. There's many different ways to do that. Um, but between a prayer protection and an energetic shield that comes into um, what we talked about earlier about planning ahead. Um, So bringing in those tools, what can I do? I know I'm going into this environment. I know that I'm having some concern or some anxiety or some feelings about it. So how could I prepare? And maybe that is an energy shield, a prayer protection, in addition to some other things.
1: And I'm so glad that you brought that up too, because one thing that I feel can also be helpful to someone else in your life as an HSP, whether or not they believe in shielding, whether or not they can shield themselves, like a child or whatever, is you shield for them too, you know, for yeah. their highest good, Like especially if you have a kid. I shield my husband almost every single day because I know he ain't going to do it. And I don't want that energy around me in my house because I'm like, you are like stressed. Okay. We need to put you in a shield. And I think that a lot of that stress is coming from his sensory sensitivity. So um, I'm going to be aware of it, but I think that That could totally work. Don't you agree with your children, like going off to school and things like that, that the prayer protection and the shielding can help? Yes, yes.
0: I'm actually a good friend of mine who um, I do some distant energy healing for her kids frequently. Um, She does some shielding for them. And um, sometimes they even, and they get to pick these out themselves. They'll bring a crystal or a stone with them. Keep it in their pocket. Like that's a part of like returning to their safe space, right? Just knowing that's there and that's going to protect them or that's going to um help them embody the energy that they want to embody and that's the way you can actually involve a child um or your children is oh explaining gosh. that to them and saying hey what are you drawn to like let's pick this out
1: and then you know they can bring that with them that is such a cool idea that is so awesome I can't even tell you how cool that is. And I know as a kid, oh my God, I could just picture like a little basket or you know, it's like a little rose of crystals. Like, hey, which one do you feel like you need today? And that that's gonna encourage them to tune into themselves, like in the morning. And then if they know or if they have like even like a little description of which one helps, like, oh, this one's gonna help you focus. Okay, this one's going to help you, you know, with your anxiety, you know, this one's going to really help you, you know, um, if other people are in a bad mood or something and really make it easy for kids to understand. And then I think It just be like a game. And then they have to stop in the morning before. I think I'm going to do this for myself. what Like, like, I know we're talking about kids, but now I'm like, wait a second. Yes. (laughs) Like having them all. We got to add that, add it to our kit, our HSP kit. Yes. I love that. Yeah. And then all there, tune in what do I feel like I need today? You know, because each day we're going to be different depending on how we slept, you know, like what's going on for the day, what's ahead, you know, how we ate, all those things. And then it's like, okay, maybe I'm going to do this, have fun with it. We've got to stop taking spirituality so freaking serious. You know, it's like, okay, you got to meditate for 20 minutes and you got to chant for 20 minutes. And then you got to like do all this freaking shadow work and stuff like that. And it's like, no, let's have some fun. Mm-hmm. I like this. Oh, I can't wait. I want to buy freaking crystals after this because we did some kind of moon ceremony where we had to put our crystals in this jar. And I accidentally, I just got lazy and I was like, why am I going to like try and get all these things that I grabbed out of nature into this jar? Like, why would I like take the time to do that? I'm just going to throw away the whole jar. And I'm like, yeah, why don't I just do that? I did it. And then I totally forgot that my crystals were in there. So I threw away all my crystals. Yeah. When I was looking for them, I was like, yep, I totally threw them out. So don't show shortcut people. Okay. Don't try to do something like the fast and the easy way. Take your time. But thank you so much, Rachel, for sharing all of this. Like you've given us so much information to help out ourselves, possibly our spouses, even our other family members and our children. And I love that crystal thing. So if anybody does it, please reach out to Heather and I Rachel and I and let us know <laughs> let us know how it goes. All right, so Rachel, I love you. I'm in love with I you. I love you too, Heather. Oh, yes. I'm we in love with very, you. we
0: very we have a very compatible friendship and I'm very grateful for that.
1: Yes. And so I know that other people are probably falling in love with you as well. Um so where can they find you if they if they want to reach out to you if they feel guided? Sure. Yeah. You can
0: find me on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Reiki underscore Rachel, Rachel spelled R-A-C-H-E-L-E because you know, I'm unique and different.
1: Yes. And what's your favorite uh, color?
0: <clears throat> Rainbow.
1: I love that. <laughs> All
0: the colors of the aura. Oh, yes. um, and then you can, you could also check me out on my website. It's uh, rosegoldenergy.com. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about the yoga classes I teach, uh the energy healing i offer and, and just a little bit more about me
1: oh i love it love it love it love it well thank you rachel for joining us my ricky rachel and thank you everyone for tuning in so if you want to keep in touch with rachel i will have everything linked down below so that maybe she could come to your new best friend too thanks for tuning
0: in to the spiritual af life podcast You'll find all the links to resources and more in the show notes. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on the incredible episodes that are coming up.